we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our teaching on the ET Disclosure Agenda Exposed. And um, we're going to switch gears now, and we're going to go to some listener comments regarding just the paranormal, okay, which does figure into what we're talking about here, because as wickedness increases on the earth you're going to see more paranormal things happening as cern goes to higher levels of energy that they're pumping into that thing and as more devils and demons are released you're going to see an increase in paranormal activity which goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today and um and ultimately the bringing forth of the antichrist and the false prophet so this is from a listener um, I've read you many of his uh, emails, James, and he, um, listener called a black-eyed woman spotted. I got an email from a brother in Christ in Ukraine. He saw a black-eyed woman. From what he's told me, he's had several encounters with black-eyed people lately. Now, this is going further, and he, he emails me again. He says, I, email, I emailed the person today that this story is about and got permission to share this with you. I am keeping names of people in places confidential. Um... I used to go to this gym where I lived, where I met with him. Back in 2004, 2005, while I was working out in the gym, I met this guy, and we would talk in between sets like most people do. So over time, the Lord used me as a vessel to bring him to Jesus. He got saved and is hungry for Jesus even to this day. Well before he became a Christian, he was dating this girl. He had been dating her for a long time. While on vacation at the beach, her eyes turned completely black with no white in them at all. So this isn't somebody that he didn't know. This isn't somebody that put in contacts and were seen in public. Okay, Her eyes turned completely black with no white in them at all. I asked him what he was thinking and how did he feel about this when it all happened. He responded with this from a previous email that I am posting on here below. And it, this email reads, I was from this particular man his gentleman this gentleman that he led to christ i was like and this is when this happened when her eyes turned completely black his account of it quote i was like is this really happening but i reacted fast she was on top of me while i had my legs on the floor and i had my back on the bed i said hey i don't feel comfortable with you being drunk and i was getting up evidently she had been drinking i also said your eyes turned black too so he told her he saw her eyes turned black. She all of a sudden fell sick and had to go to the bathroom. Imagine that. I stayed outside the door. Um, she was there for a while and I started to hear a voice in another room. She was in there for a while and I started to hear a voice in another room, uh, but I couldn't make it out. I entered the room where the voice was coming from, thinking it had to be a spirit, an evil spirit, and I wanted to know what it was saying, but it stopped. Then I went back to the bathroom to get her out of there because I don't like being in houses where spirits are talking. I found that the door was now locked and I yelled to her and she didn't respond. I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to break my uncle's door down unless I knew it was an emergency. After about 30 seconds, she finally said something. I asked her why did she lock the door. She said she didn't remember anything. How convenient. I asked her why... Um, and then she said, for me, I couldn't explain any of this. I didn't think on it too much because I didn't have enough knowledge or life experience to figure it out. And I really thought no one did at the time. Now, this is an example of yet another Christian being shown these types of things. God is preparing his remnant, a certain part of his remnant, to be able to, to 
to get exposed to these things prior to the all-out sheer flood of evil that is in our future. So it's not so much of a shock when this stuff becomes commonplace. This is what I believe, okay? This goes on, and, and it's back to, to James talking. He says, so he dated her still after he got saved, after he led him to the Lord. He joined a church and had to go and had her go with him to the church. She never joined, of course. So being a Christian, he wanted to marry her. Like he said in the, I don't know why you want to marry her, man. Anyway, like he said in the above comments, he did not understand why her eyes turned black, though. So he went to a premarital, premarital counseling at the church. After one day, they stopped. God protected him from this hybrid. Oh, you mean like the hybrid armies that are coming that the general talked about? Huh. God protected him from this hybrid and a wedge was driven bet between them. Yeah, amen. That's what God does. You know, he will separate you from somebody that's not good in your life. And that may be incredibly painful for you to deal with at the time. I've been through this myself. But it is for your benefit, okay? Because if you're with somebody wicked, if you're with somebody that you're not supposed to be with, you are never going to bring them up, typically. No, if they're wicked, you're never going to bring them up. I'm not saying that if you were both unsaved and one got led to the Lord, you couldn't lead the other to the Lord and you couldn't serve Christ. I'm not saying that. I'm sorry. I'm talking about if you're with somebody that you're not meant to be with and or they're just overtly wicked. God, if you're his child, will chasten you. You know, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, meaning spank. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. So if you can be with somebody that's overtly wicked and you call yourself Christian and God's never chastened you about that, now, I'm not talking about somebody that got saved and they were already married and they were stuck in that marriage. I'm not talking about that scenario. I'm talking about like you're with somebody wicked and you get saved and all of a sudden, you know, there's no conviction on your part to leave them, even though they're overtly moving in an opposite direction spiritually. Okay. God will separate you from people like this, is the point I'm trying to make, okay? And, I mean, yeah, even if you were married and you were somebody overtly wicked, God can deal with that as well. There is no, there is no uh, situation that God cannot deliver you out of, but you have to have the faith to believe that he can. Sometimes it takes um, a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting. It may not happen overnight. It may not happen how you want it to happen. But God can do it. I mean, <laughs> but previously, me personally, I had yoked up with some of the most wicked women you could possibly imagine. Okay? And God separated me from them. And it wasn't overnight. And it wasn't pretty. And it, and it, <laughs> it was horrible. Okay? But ultimately, God made that happen. And ultimately, the last one that I had been with was ultimately the start of this ministry. But I could not start this ministry unless God separated me from her. It wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to be unequally yoked going into some ministry that God had called me into and expect that ministry to be blessed. It wasn't going to happen. Okay, so now, I'm not saying cookie cutter here. I'm not saying God does it the same way with every single person. You pray, you fast about it. You know, if you're thinking about marriage, there is a book that everybody should read. Okay, and let me just touch on that before i go any further okay and it's it's a two book series now 
if you're not married, you only really need to look at the first book. It's a two-volume series, and it says, But If Thou Marry. And it's a two-volume series. The next book is called Thou Hast Not Sinned. But the, the, the actual name of it is A Bill of Divorcement, Volume 1, A Bill of Divorcement, Volume 2. The, the first one, I don't know why he labeled it Bill of Divorcement, because it has nothing to do with divorce. Okay. Marriage, divorce, remarriage, all of this needs to be done under biblical parameters, if you're even a candidate, especially on remarriage. Not everybody's a candidate for remarriage, just so you know, according to the Bible. <laughs> There's a lot of parameters you need to adhere to, okay, that really are kind of non-negotiable. So, when it comes to this subject, I'm not a pastor. I just basically say, get these books, read them. And if you still have questions, contact the author. Because he's a pastor, he's a doctor, he specializes in this. He's a good man of God. He's been on my email list for, year, for years. It's a series of books from Dr. Roy Branson. Um, and the website... Oh boy. Um, it's kind of a hard website. Uh I'll go ahead and spell it out here, but what I would do is look these books up. Just look up Roy Branson, Dr. Roy, R-O-Y-B, and then Branson, B-R-A-N-S-O-N, okay? That's a better way to kind of get the books, okay? His website's kind of long. I, I'm not going to go ahead and read it. If you, if you have to, email me. I'll send it to you. Just like one line, just request it. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um... These books, the first volume, should be required reading for anybody thinking about getting married. Period. Because there's biblical parameters for marriage. Okay? It's not just willy-nilly, oh, I think she's the one. It's not that. What does the Bible say about this particular subject? That's all that matters. Okay? Get volume one. I think, the problem is, I think it only comes in two volumes set. But, it's 20 bucks for both volumes. Okay? Um, but if thou marry is a must for every home and every Christian school, how to marry right and how not to, um, in, in other words, how, what to avoid tells how to keep a marriage good, how to keep a husband in the arms of, from the arms of another woman, your unmarried teen or friends need this. Okay. And then the second volume is at last a help and not a hindrance for the great army of divorced, neglected Christians. Because a lot of people think that I can do nothing more for God once I'm divorced. Okay? And this is a very, very common theme within Baptist churches, where I, which is what I came out of. You know, oh, you're not. Okay, sometimes that is the case. Sometimes you're not qualified to do certain things. Like a pastor must be the husband of one wife. So much a deacon, or an elder, or a bishop. Okay? Husband of one wife, not wife of one husband. There's no, there's no female pastor, sorry, not in the Bible. So, sorry, but there's not. Um, these two books will give you a total understanding of this subject, and it's done from an incredibly biblical standpoint, and he gets into stuff biblically. New Testament, biblical, Christianity, I've never seen another Christian author do. Incredibly well written. I couldn't recommend them highly, couldn't recommend them highly enough. So just key in, um... Dr. Roy Branson, and maybe a bill of divorcement. You'll, you're going to find them. You'll get to his website. 
um, and I would highly recommend ordering them. 20 bucks to buy them. And um, if you need to know more information, just pop me an email. I'll send you. I'll send you his phone numbers, and I'll send you um, his email address as well. Okay, and he's been on my email list for years. So I, I for whoever that's intended for, I felt like I should just throw that in. I wasn't even planning on getting into that, but you know, I, I saw this poor guy, and he's lady's <laughs> eyes are turning black. I mean, you talk about a red flag you know, of, okay, don't go any further, do not pass go, do not collect $200, okay, you don't need to be even contemplating marrying this, now, God separated them before it ever got into that position, okay, and um, sometimes it'll be a chastisement, sometimes they'll just be amicable, and they'll separate, and it'll be over, there won't need to be chastisement, in other words, anyway, let's go back to this, um, so in the end, they went to premarital counseling at a church. After one day they stopped, God protected him from this hybrid, and a wedge was driven between them. She still tries to contact him to this day, though. Okay, so that doesn't mean they're going to let up. If somebody is of Satan, okay, and they've been in your life, <laughs> and I know this firsthand, that doesn't mean that they're going to ever let up. My advice to you when you have a situation like that is if it is a if it is at all possible do not reply to them stop the dialogue totally do not converse with them and whatever you do do not get in agreement with them do not get in agreement with them you don't want to get into agreement with evil people and i'm talking i learned this a long time ago if they come up to you and they say, oh, isn't it a beautiful day out? Don't agree with them. On an overtly wicked person that God is trying to get out of your life is who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some maybe random stranger you don't know what their agenda is off the, you know, just make it small talk. I'm talking about people that you know are wicked and evil in your life. Do not come into agreement with them. Stop all dialogue or minimize the dialogue if that's not possible. And pray for God for them to remove them out of their life. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ against them. And I'm talking about people you know are overtly wicked. You've seen their fruit. The Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. Okay? If they have done overtly wicked fruit to you over and over and over, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Do they, are they exemplifying the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, you know, all, all these things. Or are they exemplifying the opposite of that? Do they have some self-serving interest? Do, does it, every time they come into your life, does it seem like your life is cursed? When And I've learned this. The more wicked the person is, if they're trying to get in your life, if you try to help them, thinking you're being a Christian, that curse tends to come upon you. I've This is, this is all stuff I've lived, okay? I'm not judging anybody. I'm not saying I'm better anybody. I'm saying I've learned the hard way. This is why I'm, at this point to a certain extent, kind of isolated. Because so many people have so many hidden agendas and it is so hard to ferret all of that out. You don't really know what's in a person's heart a lot of times when you meet them. And, and I'm not saying that's the way to go to isolate yourself and this and that, but sometimes in the Bible, God does isolate people. And things are getting so wicked now. I have found in order for me to do this ministry and to do it unfettered, I've had to make that choice. I've had to make that sacrifice. 
I'm not going to go to a 501c3 church. I've been there, done it. Every time I've went in, I've just had horrific experiences ultimately in the end. And, you know, there's what I've found is there's just little pockets of Christians here and there in the remnant, okay? And a lot of times people say, well, what do I do? Where do I go? Pray and fast. It's the best inform That's the best uh, advice I can give you. I know I'm not leading you wrong. Get in the word of God. Pray and fast. Draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. Um, for I believe a lot of people increasingly in the days and times coming, or at least for right now, a lot of, I think he's got like this, almost like this hidden remnant that has a lot of the same problems. And they want fellowship and they want this and they, and they want that. But I'm not going to... Uh, as far as get into some kind of 501c3 church for the sake of forsaking not the fellowship of the assembly of the believers. I'm not going to do that. Not for me, at least. I'm not saying that's how God's got everybody. But just understand something. I did that for a long time. And ultimately, for me, it was not what God wanted. Okay? Maybe for some other people, maybe it is. Maybe you're in there to be a light to other people. Maybe you're in there to, to help other people. You know, ultimately, when the time comes to, to show them the light but for like personally for me for the ministry that i've got i've got to stay focused i've got to stay focused and satan will put people in your life to get your eyes off jesus christ to get your eyes you know on all of these problems that they're going to bring into your life and all these curses they're going to bring into your life am i <laughs> get out of it get out of it stop dialoguing with them get away from them if at all possible, keep it to a bare minimum. Be very, very, very professional. Do not let your emotions get involved. Be very matter of fact, like Clark Kent or whatever. You know, of course, that's not bad. That's a bad analogy. In other words, you're businesslike. And praying fast, God removed these people out of your life. Took me years to figure that one out. What I just said, all that stuff that I just said, I have lived, and you can't even believe how much I've lived it. My first wife is a, was and is a high-level witch. A high-level, high, high-level high witch. Possibly MK Ultra mind control. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. And God showed me all this stuff about her that I wasn't even looking for. That I wasn't even wanting to know. And it was all dropped in my lap. And it was after we were actually separated. An absolute total vessel of Satan. If you could look into her, all you would see is darkness. Evil. That's it. So, I have really, really been, and I'm not even telling you, a, <laughs> I'm not even getting into the core details. But just suffice it to say, I've kind of been there and done it. Know a little bit about that subject. Um, Alright, let's go further. So, ending this letter, he said, so let me wrap this up. Um, a human was dating a hybrid Nephilim, then gets saved. He joins a church, and him uh, and the hybrid go to the counseling with the pastor and his wife in a 501c3 church. The counseling only lasts one day, then it ends. The Lord drove a wedge between him and the hybrid. Isn't that insane? I remember him telling me about her eyes after he got saved, but he didn't know anything about black-eyed beings at the time, nor did I. 
This sure does sound like Genesis 6 to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is crazy about all this was at the time I was studying a lot about the Nephilim in Genesis 6. I was getting a lot of resistance about the Nephilim in the church at the time. Uh, everyone was saying, oh, it's the sons of Seth. Okay, we've got, when they're been there, done that, just key in Seth in the keyword search box. I've done a total debunking and rebuttal of that insane theory like i said before and during this time i knew nothing about black-eyed people i never even heard about them and i had neither i mean this is all stuff that's that's semi well i don't know when i started if you can black or eyed in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com i don't know what are we looking at five years ago i started getting into this or maybe a little later or sooner than that or um further back anyway the crazy thing is, Scott, when I was studying about Nephilim, I met and talked to guys, this guy's hybrid girlfriend. So he talked to her, okay? My longtime listener, James here, who has his own, at least at one time, God's moved him away from it, but he had his own deliverance ministry, okay? He's the one that saw Bigfoot before and it saw a lot of the other things that I have reported on, okay? And I have noticed there are certain sects of the body of christ that are been seeing these things increasingly in order to prepare them to fight these things when the day comes and, and the weapons of a warfare are not carnal but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds this is why it's very very important to put on the full armor of god every day to confess your sins before god every day to be right with god every day okay because you know, and, and to memorize verses like, no weapon that is formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against me in condemnation, God will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Those are verses that are really, really important, I feel like, to memorize in order to, when these situations come, you're going to have the faith to speak them, and it's like the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and they're literally, literally like a sword. The Bible says, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. These days and times are coming, and it's important to be prepared for battle, is the whole point I'm trying to make. Anyway, going back to this, it said, um, so... When I was studying about the Nephilim, I met and talked to this guy's hybrid girlfriend. I talked to her on several occasions. I will say I didn't look at her eyes or anything. I didn't make it a habit to look at people's eyes like I do now. I need to do that more personally, too. I'm very... Oh, I'm a very introverted person. I'm very shy. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an extrovert. I've never been, grew up an only child. And I just... Not my personality. My daughter's the exact opposite. She, like, makes friends with you know so easy it's not even funny but i don't have a tendency to want to look into people's eyes when i talk to them i mean just stare at them i will look at their eyes but i probably don't do that enough so i've probably missed a lot of opportunities personally regarding this okay but says i will not i I will say I didn't look in her eyes or anything. I didn't make it a habit to look into people's eyes like I do now. The Lord never allowed me to see her shift. If she did, I never noticed. Like I told you before, the first time I saw a black-eyed person was in the Bahamas in 2010. So that was a previous thing I had told about where I think he was at a dinner party on like a sailboat or something in the Bahamas and 
the lady that was there, one of the ladies over there, her eyes turned totally black. Uh, and I wonder if alcohol was involved in that too, because I think alcohol, they can't hold their form as easy with alcohol. Now, another thing you can do, if you want to start seeing this stuff, if, if you want to prepare yourself, if you feel so led, is pray to God that he does not allow people to allow these hybrids to hold form in your presence. Okay, and that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Remember, even Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, may, may thy will be done and not my own. If it be your will, please let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine, Father God's will, be done. So he may not let that happen. You know? Um, I think it depends on the individual. It depends on if the individual needs this in preparation for the battles to come. And that's different for every person because everybody's different. Everybody, and the Bible says he's given every man um, a measure of faith, okay? And some people, I do believe, have been given a lot more measure of faith than others. And again, this is why if, you're, if you lack faith, ask for more faith, okay? Because that is something God can give you. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that's one way you can get faith. Listen to the word of God. Read the word of God. It'll increase your faith. Okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you have to have faith to please God. You have to have faith in order to fight. If you have no faith, you can't fight. That's why the Bible says when it comes to the full armor of God, above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. They have weapons too. And the shield of faith is the main instrument we use to, to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Without a shield, you have no real, I mean, yeah, breastplate of righteousness, loins girded with truth, helmet of salvation. I'm not saying you don't have any protection, but your protection is much, much less diminished. Now, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is the only offensive weapon listed. You know, and again, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. But when you speak those things to one of these entities, if you, if you do ever encounter them, you have to do that with faith. You can't just speak the words and have no faith behind it. This is why people that get into these abduction scenarios... Um, as Christians, when they cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ, it is like literally throwing battery acid on these entities when they're getting abducted. And the abduction event stops, and it typically stops for good. Over and over and over and over again, that has been documented. Just go to CE4, the letter C, E, letter E, for the number four, research. Look it up on the internet. They have Dozens and dozens of first-hand alien abduction stories when people cried out. And I'm not talking about they cried out to Buddha and nothing happened. <laughs> or, or Allah or whatever. Nothing happens in those. The only times it works is when you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. And it's like throwing battery acid on these things. See, for me, reading that type of stuff will increase your faith. Because it's like, man, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where the real power lies, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why this whole disclosure thing, I keep going into it over and over again, because what's it all about? Destroying your faith. Stephen Bassett, oh, the Democratic platform and Hillary Clinton, they're going to be the ones that look like they're really smart. Look at this. How are you going to explain this, Mr. Christian? Five-mile spaceship over New York City. 
How are you going to explain that? If that ends up happening, and I'm not saying it is, they're trying to destroy your faith. And the narrative they're going to present about Christ is going to be a false narrative. They're going to claim he's one of them and he's just one of the lesser ones of them. And if you buy into that, you can kiss it all goodbye. Because you ha- you've been robbed of your faith. You have no more faith in the word of God. And now you have faith in their devil and narrative that they're going to be trying to shove down humanity's collective throat by the billions. It's that big of a deal. It's heaven and hell kind of a big deal. And it's why I keep covering this over and over again. And there's different aspects to it. Just like we're looking at just this last letter. Okay, let's let's go to another one. Um, and here's here's another... Um, this was on Coast to Coast. Uh, George Nori on July 31st, 2016. Strange documented disappearance of hunters. David Pilates joined George Knapp in the first three hours to discuss his new book about people that have disappeared in national forests and elsewhere. Now... David Pilates is, is the main guy that's talked about these disappearances in national parks, documented over and over in the gigantic cover-up. Now remember, most of these national parks where this is happening are UN biospheres. They're literally owned by the UN. There's all types of other foreign troops on these bases. There's underground bases. And there's all of these UFO activity a lot of times. And there's all kind of paranormal activity. From Bigfoot to you, na- you name it in a lot of these parks. And another thing that's went on is massive amounts of people disappearing and there's a huge gigantic cover-up regarding all of it. Now here's, here's another aspect to it. His new book about people that have disappeared in national force and elsewhere, Missing 411 Hunters, chronicles hunters who have vanished, that's the name of the book, Missing 411 Hunters, chronicles hunters who have vanished under very unusual but extremely similar circumstances from four uh, countries. And um, in contrast to many of those who've gone missing in national parks, such as children and people hiking alone, deer hunters and bear hunters are attuned to being in the woods. They know exactly where they're going to go out and hunt. They know the terrain, the dangers. They carry weapons with them. He noted, so it's all the more startling when they vanish in inexplicable ways. There are 59 geographical clusters of missing people in North America, with the largest being in Yosemite Park, he reported. The largest number of disappearances of hunters have taken place in the states of Idaho, Montana, Washington, Maine, Oregon, and Colorado. Pilates also has documented cases of bow hunters' mysterious disappearances in which they are either not found or found under very bizarre conditions. An experienced hunter whose name was Aaron Hedges was hunting with friends in the crazy mountains in Montana in 2014. He got separated from the group but was in contact with him via radio before he went missing. A week after his disappearance, they found his boots and camelback in the snow. Camelback is the is the where you carry that on your back and has water. Um, but the ground searchers and dogs yielded no further evidence in the area. So they found his boots in the camelback a week later. Okay, nothing else. Now, nine months later, his backpack and vest were found 15 miles away from the other location where his boots and camelback were found. <coughs> Excuse me. Yet, it would seem impossible that he could have traveled that distance in the snow without shoes. Think about that. His boots were found in one place. and How could he have traveled that distance in the snow without shoes? He couldn't do it. Pilates notes. So, there's a, there's a link to that audio here. Okay? I'm not going to play it. 
It's a long, very long audio, but if you want to listen to it, it's here in the PDF for this day. Now, here's a comment from a listener about this audio. And and my longtime listener, Patricia, sent me this. And her comment about this was, yes, two people called into the program after he had spoken. In other words, in other words, Q&A or comment section on this audio from uh, Coast to Coast. Uh, the calls came in at the end of the interview. What prompted these two people to call in with, pre- um, with predator camouflage stories was that one of the hunters in Dave Pilates' new book was being stalked by something that was in the trees, invisible except for distortion caused by the camouflage cloak. Where do we see that at? The movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, okay? Where the Predator had a cloaking device that would that would help him blend into the trees, but it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like, unless he was standing like totally still, there was a distortion when he moved, okay? And this is the same thing that hunters are seeing and they're being stalked with in the forest, okay? I'm inclined to think that the Predator was was a cloaked Bigfoot or something else that was not human, he could jump from tree to tree. One of the men who called in was so disturbed telling his own story about having seen certain thing, certain beings and predator camouflage, he could barely get the story out. These people are, a lot of times, totally scarred for life from going through these things, from it shattering their, their worldview paradigm. Okay, and this is why I get into this information because if you ever, it's number one, it's it's we, we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. And if you ever get into this situation, you're not going to be so surprised. You're not going to be like, oh wow, I never heard of that before. Understand when you're dealing with these types of entities, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. That is your that is your main offensive weapon. Okay, just like when people get abducted. And these people cry to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. It's like throwing battery acid on them. I'm telling you, this is how you deal with these things. I've been having increasing dreams lately about these types of situations. I gave I gave one example of um, that dream that I talked about where I saw that giant in my dream. And I think I talked about that before. And I rebuked it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pled the blood of Jesus Christ against it. And, and every time I did that, it got weaker and weaker and weaker. Until it was basically face down. Okay, I had another dream about mm, a couple weeks ago, and I'm remembering these dreams clearly. It's not like they're just fading away, okay? A lot of times if, if a dream is something God's trying to show you, they're not just going to fade away and you're going to forget about it two, you know, a day later. And in this dream, I was going into a, um, it was a very high-end hotel, and we were up many stories I can remember. I can't even remember, I was in like the right, well, in the dream, it seemed like, I, I just was very, very clear where it was at. It was in a very, very high-end hotel room, like near the top of a hotel. I don't know if it was like a penthouse or whatever. And I had my dad with me, which is weird because my dad's been passed away since 2009. I was able to lead him to the Lord before he passed away. But in the in the dream, my dad was a baby Christian. It was like, it was like if, if he hadn't died. But he was on board with me. And he believed what I was saying, but he didn't have a lot of faith. Okay, and he was a baby Christian in, in this type of stuff. And when we went into the when we went into this hotel room, I remember it was all white too. We went into this hotel room. It was there was no furniture anywhere. I think that I saw, and I knew there was some type of reptilian being in this hotel room. 
okay? And I told my dad, I said, stay behind me. I said, I'm going to clear each room before we go further. And that way, you, nothing bad's going to happen to you, okay? And again, why was God showing me this dream? Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. So I go in, clear the first room, okay? Looking around, ready to engage, okay? Knew there was some type of reptilian entity. How I knew, I don't know. I guess God had just told me. Went to the second room. And I don't know if I got to the third room or it was the second room. I can't remember. But when I was in the second room, my dad was still back in the first room. All of a sudden, I hear my dad scream. And I look back and I see my dad being literally drug out of the room with one foot. Like, like if something had pushed him over and grabbed one foot and was dragging him out of the room. He was like on his back. He was screaming. And I went back and I realized what God was showing me. And I, I rebuked the thing, but I think the dream ended right there. What God was showing me is that this thing was cloaked. I couldn't see it in the room. Okay? What does that mean? That means that that is something that you might be end up dealing with in the future. And then we have these people calling up on the show talking about predator camouflage. Talking about them cloaking. I've read numerous stories as of late where these things like these Bigfoot type creatures are seen out in the wild and this one where the person sensed this unbelievably um, evil presence and it was, it was in the day, it was in one of these areas where these things frequent and they stopped their car and they looked and they saw footprints being made in the sand in front of the car but there was no body meaning the thing was cloaked. It's very, very common for, for these gray aliens and these types of entities and, and whatever you want to call them to be able to, you know, go from manifesting to non-manifesting. I mean, you could see them one minute. They're extra-dimensional beings, okay? They have these satanic parlor tricks. This, these. So understand that that is part of their makeup. So what could you do to counter that? Well, if you get into these situations you could ask god lord any any type of cloaking that they're using let that not you know um destroy their ability you know to cloak in front of me so i know what i'm dealing with so i know that you know they can't sneak up on me this type of thing now you know you could say oh well, you're, you're crazy but i'm telling you i was shown this stuff taylor had a dream the other night where uh, she was out in somewhere around here and a werewolf, a big, gigantic, five, 600-pound werewolf manifested where they were at, started driving down the road. This thing was running right beside the car. And um, the werewolf manifested and, and was basically trying to, as they were driving the car, she was driving the car, was trying to get in she just had her window cracked and um she said that its tongue actually for a second reached in through this i don't know four three four inch crack and touched her cheek and she says is instantly when it touched her cheek the emotions of fear and pain were the biggest things that went through her body and she believes she was being shown that these things literally feed off fear and pain. And this is why so much of the time people that get abducted, 
and, and people that have these terrifying experiences, they want to terrorize you because these things, just like demons and devils and evil entities, they literally, their commerce, their, what they live off of is the negative emotions of other people. Fear, pain, terror. That's their food. Okay, that's their water. That's what they have to have in order to survive, in order to grow, in order to, you know, feel satiated. And so understand that that's what their agendas are. Okay, so anyway, I thought I'd throw that in. Um, going back to this, one of the men who called in was so disturbed telling his own story about beans, uh, having seen predator camouflage, he could barely get the story out. That man that was so disturbed thought the cloaked beings he saw were humans, maybe as they were entering a military compound when he saw them. Uh, I don't know, maybe. They do have that capacity. So that's another, that's another story, but I'm not saying it's always the case. I don't think it's always the case. Um, she goes on to say, I'm inclined to think his assessment was correct as he did not say anything about unusual height or size in that particular case. Also, a woman who called and took a picture with her cell phone of a cloaked entity. Okay, so we have that. Okay, then we have another listener, Camille, wrote in, and she said, I just wanted to share something the Lord has been showing me lately and how important it could be to pray about this. The certain timing of all this information dumping, this information dumping lately cannot be co coincidental. I usually don't recommend watching any TV shows, but if you have time, please watch Gotham, Season 2, Episode 21. It's about 40 minutes, but the content revealed is just mind-blowing. If you consider that this is exactly what is going on in underground labs, but probably on a much more wicked and sinister level, it's basically about genetic manipulation and the devil making his own children. This idea of Satan trying to make better beings is just so sickening because of a corrupt tree can only bear corrupt fruit, and the devils that possess these scientists giving them a godlike complex can only end in devastation. All they're doing is creating monsters and abominations. How convenient that Hollywood is pushing all these superhero shows more and more. And a lot of these curses are presented as gifts to humanity. If one considers that portals are being opened, demons are entering our dimension and seeking bodies to inhabit, it would make sense as to why they bring back so many dead people to life as vessels for these demons, because it's quite obvious that these bodies are clinically resurrected. It's not the person they were before death. Meaning, this show was about bringing back clinically dead people and resurrecting them, and literally, when, when they're coming back, their bodies are basically just a container for the evil spirits that are reanimating them. Okay? And yes, this type of technology I, I have read does exist, okay? So these people are potentially being brought back, and, and um, I'm not saying this is going on, like, you know, in mass. Maybe it is, though. I don't know. I mean, this technology that they possess, uh, fallen angelic technology, is just so wicked and so evil. None of us are really able to comprehend all of the things they may be doing. Um, and these black-eyed beings that, that walk among us, you know, whether these are the products of all the alien abductions and all of the pregnancies that have happened where, where women turn up pregnant after they've been abducted, then all of a sudden they get abducted four or five months later and the baby's gone. That's went on millions and millions of times over the years. Where are all these, these entities that are being birthed? Where are, they, where are they all ending up? Are they being reintroduced back into society? James has had so many people that he's seen up in Virginia 
that have went where um, their eyes turn to slits when he talks with them. And maybe there's clusters of them. I'm telling you, they're being reintroduced back into society. And this is one of the armies that will be activated, already acclimated into society when disclosure happens. Oh, here's another thing. I just thought of this. Um, I was watching an interview the other day. I need to mention this before I go any further. Because I really believe God heavily impressed this on me. And the guy that was being interviewed was one of these disclosure advocates. Was one of them that were in, I believe, uh, the space programs and stuff like that. Very, 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 very new age mindset okay and he said that when you start seeing in mass dead loved ones coming back and visiting their let's say former spouses former children okay apparitions essentially okay of course they may seem as real as you and I when this happens. When you start seeing that in mass across the world, know, know that disclosure is very near. And then all of a sudden it hit me like a bolt of lightning. Where did I just see that? This, this sci-fi channel, or, or that, no, it wasn't even sci-fi, it was mainstream, Childhood End, which I did a whole teaching on. Just key in childhood, you'll find it. That show that just appeared within, I don't know, was it the last six months to a year? Where you literally have the literal personification of cliche personification of Satan incarnate appear. This Kirill guy who is literally, you know, nine foot tall, horned, you know, crimson red devil figure, hooves, tail, scales, the whole nine yards. The quintessential cliche essence of what you would think Satan would look like as the one that comes to humanity in order to supposedly better humanity. And how is that, and it's basically like a big disclosure thing, how is that done initially in their show? It is done initially, and this is the whole thing that gets the ball rolling, when you have dead loved ones appearing now these are false these are false spirits these are familiar spirits understand this familiar with you familiar with your dead loved one and they are allowed to come back and manifest as a dead loved one and placate you and let you know that everything is going to be great and there's big 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 changes coming but just understand the changes are good they're not bad they're for your benefit and they're for the benefit of humanity and they're there to just placate you and to soothe you and to make you feel real good so that you'll let this all happen. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying you had this one guy saying it. He's saying when this happens, understand that disclosure is very near. The rise of the Antichrist, the false prophet are very near is the way I would term it. And it's the exact way it was presented on childhood end. Who better? Who better to deceive you than a supposed apparition of your dearly departed loved one. Who better? In mass. So, understand, that's one other thing to think about 
potentially of the coming future. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that I've seen two things about it lately, and it wasn't really an angle I had heavily considered until I heard it the second time. Saw it on Childhood End, and then saw this guy, and I said, well, I just saw that on Childhood End. That's the exact way they deceived the absolute bulk of humanity because who more are you going to trust than a supposed dead apparition of a loved one that came back from beyond the grave if you buy into that just understand all you're seeing is a devil or a demon and if you ever get confronted with with one of these things just ask them do they acknowledge the lord jesus christ as their lord and savior do you acknowledge the lord jesus christ as your lord and savior do you bow the knee to the lord jesus christ I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you. See what happens. <laughs> By their fruit you shall know them. By the reaction to that test that I just gave, you shall know them. All right. Now, this is the same sermon, just coincidentally, that Benny Hinn and Smiley Joel Osteen are preaching, you know, right now in their congregations. Just so you know, this is same. We're on the same page. Anyway, just kidding there. Um, going further here. Uh, how convenient that Hollywood is pushing all these superhero shows more and more. And again, why the superhero? Oh, we'll look to them as our saviors because things are going to get so bad. We need a savior. We need these superheroes with all these superpowers because they're the only ones that can save us, which is such a lie from the pit of hell. You know, a lot of these curses are presented as gifts to humanity. Um, if one considers portals are being opened, demons are entering into our dimension, you look at what CERN's doing, seeking bodies to inhabit, it would make sense to why they're bringing back so many, quote, dead people back to life as vessels for these demons, because it's quite obvious that when these bodies are clinically resurrected, it's not the person they were before death. You can take that to the bank. Fallen angels, necromancy, technological enhancements, portal scientists splicing and playing gods, what is to come upon this earth? At the same time, I was directed to purchase a book called Xenogenesis, Turning Men into Monsters by Stephen Quayle, and having some really weird dreams regarding how they would start replacing us through advanced technology. In other words, are people take, being taken out, say an unsaved person, they're taken out, and they're literally, a clone of them is being put, inserted back into their existence with a knowledge of their life? And is that why people are starting to see more people that are not able to hold form, that have black eyes, that have reptilian slits at certain times? Because they've been, they've taken over. It's like, well, what do you have? Invasion of the Body Snatchers? <laughs> it's not what that whole show is about, basically. I don't know to the extent that that's happening. But it's something to think about. It's something, and, and if you were Satan, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to preposition as many of your troops ahead of time prior to this disclosure event, because I think the disclosure event is going to be the linchpin for the false Christ and um, the Antichrist, the false prophet, to, to really, you know, make their debut and, and, and then to usher us into the tribulation. Okay, so, going uh, forward... Um, Okay, let me read that again. Having some weird dreams about how they would start replacing us through this advanced technology, meaning that the real you would disappear. But the different you would still be in the world, only now playing out their agenda, serving as an implant. Now, I don't believe that they're going to be able to do this against a born-again, Bible-believing Christian with faith. I don't, I don't believe that. But people around you that are in the world, I'm not 
I, I don't know. I don't know how much God's going to let them get away with. But it is a possible scenario. The dreams came before I watched this episode and purchased Xenogenesis. So if that's not God's way of confirming these possibilities, I don't know what is. I will pray and fast and see where the Lord leads. Um, if you have any information or could give me some guidance regarding this, I would really appreciate your input. I think it could be very important to warn people about this. That's why I'm talking about it today. Scott, in your honest opinion as a watchman, do you believe that we might have entered into the seven-year tribulation period? So my response. Camille, to answer your question, I would say definitely we have not entered the tribulation, as there are many biblical parameters that have to be fulfilled before we can see that happen. See my teaching, and I give you a link here, or you can key in just Gog or Magog. Gog and Magog War, the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ, Jesus Christ, the abomination of desolation, the rebuilt temple, the image of the beast, and the seven-year tribulation Bible study. Okay, that's a long title, but that's the name of it. Um, yes, thank you. I will definitely watch that episode, and I did watch it. Uh, and yes, they're definitely telegraphing their punches about what they're doing and planning. Sounds like you were pretty up on the subject. Not sure what I could add your knowledge base here, but you may want to listen to my teachings on transhumanism um, here. And I give her a link to, I just basically just key in transhumanism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. And I've gotten into that subject many times. Satan is all about corrupting our DNA, just like in Genesis 6, and bringing forth abominations that will war with the remnant. These creatures walk among us, and I've been getting more and more reports from my listeners about these things and their encounters with them. So Remember, these are three different listeners I've just talked to here. They've just sent me stuff, not including all the other stuff I've went over today. Not including all the other body of work regarding this subject that I've got into over and over and over again. I go on to say I've gotten more into this in my recent teachings on alien disclosure. And basically if you just key in disclosure at keyword the, uh, at contendingfortruth.com you'll see my most recent teachings I've done on the subject. Okay. Um... And if you're new, I'd go back to the one I started in September, October. Listen to that one first, and then listen to the next one, and listen to the next one, and then listen to this one. Because that'll kind of really bring you up to speed. Now, I've done teachings before that, but I'm, so I'm talking. If you want to get up to speed on this subject as quickly as possible, I'd do it in that order. It's my personal opinion. Now, um, let's see where we're at on time here. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop because this is a this is a little bigger subject and I want to go ahead and stop here and we will get into the next part, the third part here in the next uh, upcoming part. So God bless you and we will see you in part three.